I watched a Hanukkah movie on the Hallmark Channel for the first time. And what they do with Garland, like excessive Garland in the Christmas movies, they do with shades of blue in Hanukkah movies. That entire movie had like a blue tint to it. Eiffel 65, baby. That's our anthem. I love it. Mazel. Happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and welcome to Keeping Up with the Coens, an OC Rewatch podcast, colon, the 2021 holiday special. My name is Ryan Drake, coming to you all the way from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the mecca of everything news, apparently, this week. (laughs) Uh, I'm joined, as always... (laughs) By the George Harrison to Chelsea and I's Paul and John. It is, of course, Dylan Irwin. (laughs) Hello, Dylan. Hey. Hey, you know what? I actually appreciate that reference because little do you guys know, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to immediately I'm going to quit and immediately (laughs) release five different podcast ideas that you all wouldn't let me use on the Cohen's podcast. So And then um, there'll be secret audio of Chelsea and I having a private discussion about why we don't like you. There will be and and, I mean but you know what? It's totally fine. All things must pass. And uh, and you know, here comes the sun. We're back for another episode of Keeping Up with the Cohen's. George was the hot one though, right? I think Ringo was hot. That's what I, I, thought. I feel like of the four, he was the least hot. No, nah, he was the hottest. Really? So technically, yeah. technically, okay, well, hang on, hang on. That, that voice, you, that voice you're hearing is is Chelsea Trinidad coming to us from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had a whole bunch of intro stuff I was going to say about you, but apparently I can't, so we're skipping past it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay. I will say it's a little bit hard to tell with the Beatles who's hot. I don't know something about like old pictures. It depends on what time and like what decade you're talking about. Because I feel like each decade a different one was the hottest one. Yeah, I think I, after, I, I after can... the '80s, John Lennon was no longer the hottest one. Yeah, <laughs> he looked like a scarecrow. <laughs> I mean, today Ringo's probably aged the best. I mean, there's only two of them left. I thought like Ringo was the best looking one in, in Get Back. Yeah, well, Ringo looked good. I was a big fan of the of the beard, um, beard long and hair McCartney combo. Was good. On Paul, I will yeah. say, so I, I was actually reading a Paul McCartney bio, and in the 60s, they were categorized as the witty one, which was John, the mm. cute one, which was Paul, the quiet one, which was George, and like the 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 sad like puppy one, like the cute puppy one, which was, which is, I guess, different than Paul. <laughs> but Ringo, despite the fact he was the oldest Beatle, was like the cute, quiet puppy it is- guy. It was crazy when they did that part because I'm obviously I, I spent like the last week watching that documentary. Um, but um, we were also we're recording this like early December, December what sixth? Yes. Yeah. We'll talk about what Dylan's going on this week in a minute, but more importantly, <laughs> it was crazy to watch them like when they interspliced the footage of them performing like a five year old set versus them recording in the studio mm-hmm. in that documentary and like just how different they all looked and how fucking completely different people you could tell that they were. They were all yeah. just baby face like cuties. But it reminded me of this Harry Styles thing, Chelsea. See, we brought it full circle. Oh, yeah. When Harry Styles released that first solo album, I thought it was fucking incredible. It was so yeah. good. I mean, specifically, Sign of the Times was the first single that came off that album. And I was like, this sounds like David Bowie if no one else if no one else really knew who David Bowie was. You know what I mean? Because like, if you say that, people yeah. immediately <laughs> get offended. Like, how dare you? But like, it sounds mm-hmm. like a David Bowie song, right? It does. Um, yeah. And uh-huh. I just remember fighting to get... Not fighting, but like kind of arguing <laughs> with the guy who... <laughs> owned the spy about getting about playing harry styles i was like this is a rock album this is like alternative rock and he Mm -hmm. just wouldn't do it because harry styles is like from one direction right and right after that i can't remember what magazine it was or what interview it was but harry styles was interviewed about that type of thing 
and he talked about like specifically teenage girls not in a weird way <laughs> as i was saying that i was like that's weird um specifically <laughs> teenage girls about how like they are the tastemakers like they will tell you what's cool before it's cool and he cited the beatles as like mm-hmm. remember when the beatles first started they were a boy band their audience yeah. was teenage girls and then they went on to become this prolific thing obviously and uh, i don't know i was thinking about that when they were showing those like that spliced footage in yeah dude like the, the... no that's fascinating and it's, it's insane because like the first two Beatles albums. There was Please Please Me and then there was With the Beatles. The majority of those albums were pretty much a British boy band covering other songs because so much of their early stuff was covers and they didn't get the original Lennon McCartney stuff until... Um, you know, like album three came out, but dude, that documentary blew my mind. And there's one specific part. It's the scene where Paul is just sitting there panicking, looking for needing new songs. And he just literally sits there and and craps out, get back. Mm -hmm. And George and Ringo immediately jump onto it. And then it's it's just so funny to me that like, you know, John would be late and in the meantime, Paul will have written two more songs. But so that was another thing. I know this was not at all our intention. I didn't even know we were gonna talk about this. So we're already off we're already off track from a thing that didn't have a track to begin with. But um <laughs> I just thought it, this is just pop culture hour. No, it really is. But like, I thought it was so interesting, and like, I kind of I, it relates to every other project I've been a part of, like other podcasts and other just like comedy things that I've been a part of, where you were watching them and you immediately connect with one of them because you go, "Oh, I'm the person in like a group situation," mm-hmm. and it was stressing me out so bad that Paul McCartney was the one that was like, hey, guys, like, hey, we have a thing to do. Don't forget we have yeah. a thing to do. Dude. And the other three were just kind of like, like Ringo was always there, but he was just there because he's like, oh, I'm in the Beatles and this is what the Beatles are doing. Mm-hmm. So I will be here. But like, I was just getting frustrated that like George was just like, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm leaving, bye. And that John would just show up whenever he wanted, apparently. And I was like, yeah. they have like, a, they're like on a deadline, they have a project and like Paul's the only one that's just like trying to move forward. The rest are just kind of there. This is So this is the last thing I'll say about about get back because um the thing that fascinated me the most about get back is if you've seen the original cut of the movie it was released as let it be in 1970 and the original cut of let it be takes out i mean it's only like an hour and a half long and there's eight hours of footage or not hours of footage yeah eight hours of footage there's so much footage and the fascinating thing about it is by taking out so much footage, they completely change the narrative. Because in Let It Be, they make it seem like John and Paul hate one another and that Paul was just like a megalomaniac, uh, Iron Fist, this is my band, we're doing this. But they took out all the stuff that they included in Get Back, which is like you were saying, Ryan, like they have a deadline. They have to get this done. They're going to lose Ringo at the end of the month because he's going to be filming this movie. And so like... It's just so interesting, like, and it was so awesome as a Beatles fan being able to see in 1969, Paul and um, and John together and laughing together and being excited. And while I was I was saying that, um, Ryan pulled to George Harrison and left. But now he's back. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. He's gosh. back, baby. It's I, okay. I got that out of the way no, early. I feel like that happens every time now, and I'm glad I got it out of the way early. I want you to know that here on Keeping Up with the Coens, we are such consummate professionals that we don't let a little thing like one of the co-hosts dropping out mid-call stop the filibuster as it is going. Um, <laughs> and so that's just the kind of quality you come to expect. I, is, I'm sure uh, you said something that, the, that just sucks because usually whenever I drop out like that, which happens frequently because this internet in this house sucks, and I'm as far away from the modem as I could possibly be but 
and usually it's just you're, you're talking and I'm like, I don't care. Whatever he says, I'll just jump back in. And now I'm like, this is the one time I was like, I bet Dylan said something that I was interested in, but it's too late now. We've talked about the Beatles a lot. Well, okay. I know what we can talk about because this actually reminded me. Um, So in the news a lot lately has been Travis Barker. Oh, yeah. He just got engaged to a Kardashian. But I actually, I read um, Can I Say, his autobiography not too long mm. ago. And um, I knew that you guys would have strong opinions on Blink-182 and just their trajectory. But, I mean, learning that Travis wasn't even an official part of the band until later, and then he kind of became the breakout star of it, I found to be super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott, was I, Scott yeah, Rayner, I didn't right? Know. Scott Rayner was the drummer. Yeah. They wrote Man he Overboard was, about him. He was him. their Pete Best. Yeah. yeah, he was their Pete Best, if you the will. The Pete Best, oh my god! He was uh, he was the guy um, they wrote Man Overboard about, which is my favorite Blink song. Uh, and he, I guess he used to drum for like Yo Gabba Gabba or something before they were Yo Gabba Gabba. That's what? so crazy to me. Travis, I did not. Know. Yeah. Wait, Travis Barker? He yeah. used to drum for the Aquabats. It drum for another band though that later evolved to be Yo Gabba Gabba. He was just studio drumming. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was during that period where he was just like the hired drummer for a lot of people. And now it's so crazy. Like you think about Travis Barker, he turned being the drummer into i mean he did so many different collabs with djs Mm. so many different collabs with um hip-hop artists i mean he turned it into such a like sexy art form and um you know even nowadays whenever people refer to like a crazy um you'll 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 have to educate me better about how you say that in music terms but i guess just like a drumming solo you know people will be like oh yeah that's something really crazy oh oh it's just called drum solo Um, I was like, is it called a, I was like, is it called a percussion procession? Like, yep. I wasn't sure. That's what it's called now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, people even refer to it and be like, oh, that's something really crazy only Travis Barker can do. And he's just become so synonymous with amazing drumming. And, you know, he's this uh, pop punk guy. Well, he is, he, first of all, he is the best drummer in the world, probably currently alive. Um, mm-hmm. And he is one of the best musicians in the world. And he is the only one in Blink-182 that is a good musician, I think. Well, I mean, he just has such a compelling story. Like, I mean, I still just cannot even get over the fact that his plane crashes and the only two survivors are him and DJ AM. Like, that's so insane. He burned his entire, all of his hands, all his feet, everything that you need to drum. He recently, he only just recently, I think this year started flying in airplanes again. Wow. Yeah. And he was a vegan until he got burned. And then he was like, I have to eat protein in order to restore my skin. So I do have to say, I'm going to pull a poll and make sure that the listeners know, okay, guys, this is our Christmas episode where we pretty much talk about whatever we want. Mm. Um, but some of the big things that we wanted to talk about were the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to talk about Get Back. And we <laughs> want to talk about our Spotify wrapped. And then whatever Ryan wants us to talk about. Well, Dylan, I figured, about Dylan, you're about to be a dad like 48 hours from now. Yeah. You know what? I, I am about to be a dad in 48 hours. That's why we're recording so this to, now, early in December, because Dylan is literally about to be a father for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we, we're recording this on December 6th, and uh, my wife's being induced on December 8th. So by the time this comes out, I'm assuming we're releasing this on Christmas morning. Merry Christmas, everyone, like we do every year. I feel every like maybe, maybe Christmas cool. Eve this year, maybe? Yes. Yeah, that'll be fun. Christmas, yeah. Christmas yeah, like Eve. So Merry Christmas Eve. I hope you all picked up the book that I just published. But also, um, I'm here <laughs> with a child. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm here with a child, and um, Dylan, if you're listening to this on Christmas Eve, you're doing fine. Don't worry. Um, but <laughs> Dude, Chelsea and I need to keep recording every week just like a, just to send directly to you, not to release, just like yeah. keeping you motivated and pumped up. Like, but, Dylan, you're doing great, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the, the joke, and I was, we were saying this off mic, but like, 
So a cor- I, we took a class, a pre- uh, the Bradley Method class, mm. which I, I highly recommend, even if you're not a Bradley Method person, just because it helps to just know what's going on um, and be able to ask questions. And so apparently two big indicators of like early labor or, or excuse me, one of the big indicators of early labor is like a burst of energy. Um, Ryan described it uh, before we started recording as the zoomies. Um, so and so I, I'm always kind of on call to figure out, you know, if we're going into labor, if I need to come home, if we need to go to the hospital. And I texted Leslie and I'm like, hey, because she started her maternity leave. I'm like, hey, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? And she said, I feel great. I just reorganized and cleaned out all of the cabinets in the kitchen. So I think Leslie might have the zoomies. Okay. So Dylan's yeah. going to be a dad. We're very happy for you. We're very excited. And we hope that you do come back for season four. Um, so yeah, yeah buckle up. Season four is going to be wild. I do want to quickly say there's one thing I want to say that is OC related. And it has to do with a cast member from the OC. And we'll get to our Spotify wraps in a minute. But I just, I want, and I want to bring this up again when we get to season four, just because I feel like it needs to be, I want to shout this out as much as I can until we can either verify or not verify it. So I listened to the finale episode of Welcome to the Podcast Bitches, um, which is great. They did, was great. They had Josh Schwartz on, they were all in the studio together. And like, that show's good. I just feel like I was too deep in OC content to like just keep up with it every week. Um, but that yes. show's fun and they did a great job and I'm not just walking it back for the reasons I'm about to say. But so they were recapping the season one finale episode of the OC and Melinda Clark said a couple of things that I was like, entered that like piqued my interest and like i i there was a couple of them that i can remember off the top of my head i feel like there was more than this but one of the things she referenced was that seth tried to sell his boat to the boat boy in that episode for six thousand dollars which is the same amount of money that trey needed from ryan whenever he had to take that car to chino remember that in the christmas episode of that oh yeah and mm-hmm. they were like, oh, that's the same amount of money. And I was like, I think we talked about that, too. And I even went back and listened to part of our episode from, from that season finale. And we definitely brought that up, that, like, six racks. That's where six oh, racks man. came from. We brought that up. <laughs> and yeah. then she later brought up, she's like, oh, that handsome boat boy was, like, so-and-so on General Hospital. And I was like, I'm Yeah, sure- he was on days. Okay, but I was like, Chelsea definitely brought that up whenever we <laughs> talked about this. And I found out, I was like, Chelsea definitely said this. And then... They had Josh Schwartz on. And if you remember when we recorded that episode, we we kept saying, you know, as a bit, we kept saying shmushmorshin because that's from the knocked up, the knocked up joke. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in the episode of of their podcast, they're talking to Josh Schwartz and they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, Teresa might get an abortion. But like, it's funny that you that you never said the word abortion in the episode. And Josh was like, yeah, we thought it might be too heavy for like Fox. And then Melinda Clark says... Oh, that's funny. I was just listening to another podcast and they wouldn't say the word either. Oh my God. What? I just want to, I, I put all these pieces together. I was like, these are things that we reference on our show and now she's talking about them. Plus she said that. And I was like, I think Melinda Clark might be a listener of Keeping Up With The Coens. Oh my I think gosh. she is too. Melinda. Oh my gosh. Hi, Melinda. We, we love our you. queen. <laughs> You're legit our favorite character. We talk yeah. about it every week. Melinda, we have discovered that as 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 thirty somethings now re as you probably know re uh, re ingesting the show, you are the best and most relatable character for us. So mm. you do you. Uh, maybe she's. I mean, there's a very good chance she has never heard of our show. But I just thought that if that's all coincidental, that's a crazy coincidence. I yeah, mean, that's a Christmas miracle. When you type in um, the OC podcast, like we're like on the first page. I'm just saying. That's I think you may have you, influenced listeners. what she said, Chelsea. She's bringing up these things that like we that you talked about on our on our show. Oh, uh, man. 
Right. So I'm just saying, I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to bring this up again because the season four first episode and maybe we reach out to her and we try and talk to her. I would love that. Oh my gosh. Melinda, Melinda, come on the pod. She (laughs) she must have, I'm telling you, she must have listened to those voicemails that didn't get aired where I talked about how I'm a co-host on Keeping Up with the Coens and she got curious (laughs) and listened to it. No, I bet you're right. That's probably what happened. This is um, it. Melinda, come on Cohen. Okay. Come on, hashtag come on Cohen's. Let's get it trending. <laughs> hashtag so, come on Cohen's. That's disgusting. Poor Ryan's going to have to like, like take this chunk and put it at the beginning and then cut it so that now we restart at our conversation for the Kardashians. Um, oh, no. We're perfect. <laughs> it's free flowing. Uh, so I guess this happened like a month ago, but what was what did you guys think about the whole Astro World thing? Like I just can't believe how much like okay. I know the Kardashians are in the news, but now suddenly there's t- I guess I was so much has happened that like was out of Mama Chris's control that I'm just like oh my mm-hmm. god I wonder you can tell that there was things that she orchestrated for the Hulu for the Hulu series and there's stuff like obviously this Tristan news was not a part of their orbit and now she's like oh fuck mm-hmm. and same with the Astro World thing Mama Chris is I- working overtime right now. I just know about Astro World, and I know very little about it. Well, Tristan, Tristan has a new baby from, on the way that was clearly conceived before they broke up. Yeah. Okay, that's drama. The only thing I, th- I know about Astro World is I it freaks me out, and also they should have stopped the show. It reminded me so much of I can't remember which Rolling Stones show it was, but where members of Hell's Angels just like stabbed somebody at the show. I think it was it was it was the Stones, wasn't it? Or am I making that up? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was gonna ask because Ryan, you go to a lot of big outdoor music festivals. Um, I haven't been one in probably I haven't been to one in probably ten years. Um, so I've kind of. I, I mean, everyone remembers the feeling of being like, holy shit, I can look behind me and all I see is a sea of people. But mm. it was always a situation where like, you know, I was standing next to a girl and she was like about to faint. So some guy would kind of pick her up and hand her to a security guard like mm. behind a yeah. barricade. And we'd kind of like crowd surf her over. But have you been ever been in a situation like that, Ryan, where you were like, this is fucking dangerous? Well, that was the first thing I thought about was when that happened was like, I've been in crowds that are... I mean, especially at music festivals. Like, I remember Childish Gambino at 2011 Bonnaroo. I remember the Slayer show that I went to at Bonnaroo. Um, those crowds were particularly, like, you can't control where you're going. Like, your entire body is yeah. moving forward or backwards or side, and you just can't control it. You can't just not move. You have to move with the crowd. It's, uh, it's, it's like one organism now instead of a bunch of individual mm-hmm. parts. So I've been in those types of crowds, and they are fucking terrifying because you have no control but i do also think in my situations if someone had gone down they would have been okay like people i think in those situations we would have stopped or something would have happened i don't know the thing with travis scott is wild because he this is kind of his thing right i mean hip-hop stars have become the new like rock stars like kanye said five years five or ten years ago he encourages it he wants to be the punk rock guy that breaks shit and like is just chaotic and i've been to his show but i've been to his show in oklahoma city because this was in 2017 or 18, I think 17, because Khalid was opening for him. And I really liked Khalid back then. And mm-hmm. he was opening for Travis at the Criterion. And that was also the show where Travis set a, he set a record, which was dumb. It was a dumb record, but it was all in all the BuzzFeed headlines for like most encores, like most time to play, a, most time to repeat the same song over and over again or something, because he just played Sicko oh, like 14 times in a row uh, or something insane. Or no, it was Goosebumps. God. Sorry, it was Goosebumps. He played the intro to Goosebumps like 15 times or something, and it was all over the, the fucking... Just the intro. Well, because the intro is like where people, like, it builds up and then people go crazy, and then he stops and does it again, mm-hmm. and he's did it over and over again. Um, but at that mm-hmm. show, in Oklahoma City in 2017, 
right before he came out, they had to stop and empty the venue because his fans were were pushing up so f- hard to the barricade, the barricades were breaking, and they had to stop and get everyone wow. fix the barricades and then let them back in, and like had Jeez. like extra security people. And if you see any of the footage from Astro World, like before, like long before he played, just people breaking into the venue, like people literally. Like, they opened gates, and it was, like, a stampede of people that security could not handle. They tried. Like, you see security guards try and grab someone, and they would just shove them off and keep running towards the stage. So there was tons wow. of people breaking in, sneaking in, pushing people over. It was just chaotic. But this is what Travis does. Travis Scott, not Travis Barker from a previous conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, is yeah. Travis, <clears throat> this is what Travis lots Scott of, does. Lots of new characters in this uh, mm. era of the Kardashians. Yeah, I didn't think about yeah. that. There's going to be two Travises in the Kardashian family now. And yeah. zero yeah. Kanye's, unfortunately. Um, um, another new character. We got Pete Davidson on the roster. How are we feeling oh, about that? Yeah. You know, I read I so two things about Pete Davidson, both that I think are hilarious. I, I, I saw both of them on Twitter. The first one was that someone theorized that the reason all these women are dating Pete Davidson is simply because he's nice to them <laughs> and returns their text messages. But <laughs> this is so, so true. I actually watched the uh but the other thing, I don't know if any of y'all have watched his stand up special, but you know, the the big thing following his relationship with Ariana, like Ariana Grande was this rumor that got started that he's just like pat, like packing a massive hog yeah. and that it's just insane. <laughs> That's where BDE and came he from. It, yeah. He, the funniest thing is he talks about it in his standup special and he says, the thing about it is there's nothing special. It's, it's normal sized. The thing is Ariana Grande's hands are so small mm. that it just <laughs> looks bigger, but and he's like, but what she did you know, you think that it's a compliment that she did that, but what she actually did set the bar too high. was set the bar too high yeah. and has ruined my life because now every time I take my pants off, I'm going to disappoint someone. Mm. And that is the genius of Ariana Grande. And that made me laugh really hard. No, but, but I really, even, yeah. even that is like a, a terrible miss. Like, I don't even know how this happened, but like there gets to a point where it's too big and it's no longer fun. And mm. um, I, I feel like, like Astro World talk. I feel like that. <laughs> That's not talked about, but there is a very happy medium. But no one wants to celebrate a medium-sized dick. People only want to celebrate a big dick, even though there is certainly a bell curve there. And bigger is bell not necessarily end curve. better. <laughs> There's all kinds of funny tweets. Like someone was oh, like, "Chelsea's you know, not Chelsea's not a size queen." We've learned that today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, court. So Courtney was. I know my husband's going to listen to this and be like, Chelsea, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Just catching strays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everyone's really excited because Courtney's having her main character moment. You know, she gets to mm-hmm. marry Travis Barker and had this big love story and this big proposal, and everyone's really, really happy for them. Because I will say, out of all of the Kardashian unions, this one does seem to be the most genuine. Which one? Yeah. Um, Courtney and Travis? Travis. Uh, Courtney and Travis. Yeah, uh, no, right. You know, they were friends for years, and you can actually they see that they have stuff in common. Yeah, and they just, you know, they both have kids, and y- And y- watching Scott, it, you know? watching Scott spiral about it is pretty great. I, do, I <laughs> oh, like yeah. Scott. I like you Scott a lot, he's... but he is spiraling, and it's funny. You know he was a yeah. Blink fan back in the day. And so it's oh like, my God, yeah. what? <laughs> don't beat your heroes. I do think that yeah. it is like with Megan Fox dating MGK and mm-hmm. Courtney with Travis and now Kim with, um, what we just said his name, what his fucking name Pete. I forgot. Pete Davidson, thank you. Um, I don't think that Kim is trying to rip off her. Like, that's what I think. It's like, oh, she saw her sister dating this time. I right know she wants to date this. I just feel like that's the type of guy that is cool now in general. Like, it's not like they're trying to set. Oh, like, 
So it's kind of like there was a moment for like the hipster dude that had the man bun and the beard, and now oh, yeah. it's like the um, opposite. Now it's just like this. Now it's just like the scrawny, mentally unstable tattoo guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? What is the? Is that the opposite of a manic pixie dream girl? A, it's like a, 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 a nightmare ogre. Uh, <laughs> like what is it? <laughs> Come on, we're, we got some real improv. Real improv time. Yes, and yeah. yes, and bring manic. it on. A, a depressed um, ogre nightmare boy. Depressed, depressed ogre, ogre nightmare, boy. nightmare boy. I love that. I'll take it. I'm not even going to Google the opposite because that's the opposite now. It's my depressed ogre nightmare boy. <laughs> I was like, not a fan. That's that's the title of the episode. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> depressed, depressed ogre nightmare boy. The Christmas special. Uh, yeah. No, and then I, I guess the last bit of a Kardashian news. Well, um, yeah, I was just, I was just going to say that oh. I think Kim and and Pete are not want for this world. Like I think they both know that this yeah. is a let's 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 grab some headlines and get in the public eye and then move on with our lives. They they're not going to last in a couple months maybe. Oh, Pete 100%. Davidson never yeah, Pete Davidson never lasts, so I can't imagine he's going to make it work with Kim yeah. Kardashian. I do think cuz I think Pete Davidson is like our age or maybe younger. He's younger than us. He's like 25 oh, or 26, so. right? How old? I don't he's like somewhere mm-hmm. in that age range and Yeah, it's 26 or maybe, maybe. I know that I grew up as a big 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 Kanye West fan. Like he's right up there with Blink-182, Death Cab, Justin Timberlake for me. And so I know that and I know that Pete Davidson did as well. And I just think it would be insane to think that like, oh, I was this big Kanye fan and now I'm dating his ex-wife. Like that would be just insanity to me. He's 28, by the way. Yeah, he's, so he's roughly in the same age bracket yeah, as us. same age, So to yeah. think that like you came up with Kanye West music and you were like really into him and now you're dating his ex-wife is, is wild. Jesus walks, baby. I think I know what Chelsea is going to ask. Are you yeah. going to ask about Spotify rap? Yeah, I almost said Shopify, though, so I'm glad that you corrected oh, me. Should, so should we talk about Spotify rap? My Shopify I wa- I talk about. I want to talk about Spotify rap, but there are two things I want to say before we start. The first thing is, I am so excited that we have been doing this podcast for so long. This is our second annual Spotify wrapped episode. That's exciting to me. And uh, before we get into our individual Spotify data... I, for the first time, have access to the Keeping Up with the Coens Spotify wrapped um, year in review data. And I just, I want to make sure you guys are aware of how ridiculous this show is and how much you've helped us. Okay, how international so, we are. Yeah, how oh, international I, I wanted to say that, like, we, I posted some of this on the Coens Instagram account. And I posted everything uh-huh. that was there. I even went and looked at the actual thing in in mm-hmm. on the website. Because I was like... They're not showing any, and I—they're not showing any like numbers as far as like listeners. <laughs> and I was like, maybe they're, maybe if you're below a certain threshold, they just don't tell you. Like you don't want to know. Yeah, they're not, not listening feelings. to your show. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not that I didn't post anything. I would have posted it. It was like you have seven listeners. I would have posted it, but they didn't give us anything. Yeah, and so maybe that means so many people listen that they didn't want to make other podcasts feel bad. But mm, here's surely. the important stuff to know. Um, Keeping up with the Coens released 2,684 minutes of content across 30 episodes this past year. That's just in the past year because we had some before that as well, right? Yeah, that's just in the past year. So that's just since, oh my gosh, that's just since January 6th. So the other important thing. Wow, uh, we remember the day that was living infamy. The other important thing that happened on January 6th is we released our first episode of the year, which was Reunions. We released yeah, our that's the only <laughs> important thing that happened that day. Wait, we yeah, released so we, the Rooney episode on, on Insurrection on Day. <laughs> yes, on Insurrection Day. <laughs> on the day. day our government almost got overthrown. So I don't remember that. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's hilarious. Um, but 
We uh we have new streams. We got our first new streams in 2021 in seven countries, and the places that love us the most, I'm assuming, as in addition to the United States, are Canada, Sweden, Ireland, Thailand, and Austria. So Thailand's thanks a lot, be everyone. Fake. There's no way we have Thailand listeners. Yeah. Hey, you know maybe we do. Um, but this was my favorite one because if you're listening, if scenes, you're listening from Thailand, send us an email. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Is that where like yeah. Sorbo lives now? Kevin Sorbo uh, lives in Thailand? Mm-hmm. No, I just made that up. Never mind. What no. if he's listening? He's that's where John, I think that's where so, John McAfee went before he died. And it's Kevin Sorbo. It's got big McAfee energy. So. so the last stat that I want to read, because it's been a point of contention when we first started this podcast, was all about when we would release content, when new episodes would come out, when we would do stuff on social media. And we are of the thought that if it's posted after noon, that it doesn't matter. Like any new content, anything needs to be before noon to get that bump. But according to our stats, 35% of you all listen to this show between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. So you listen at work, um, it sounds like, which is uh, which is awesome because, you know, it makes us feel like a part of your day. Um, but I'm excited next year to read you our final stats. Well, if it's at 11 p.m. to 5 a.m., it'd be like, oh, that's just Chelsea streaming it over. Yeah. Chelsea going to bed. <laughs> and I just listen to it constantly, so that, that works. But So that is our first uh, official Keeping Up with the Coens Spotify wrapped. So thank you all for helping us uh, gather those stats. But now I want to find out what, what my co-hosts are listening to. So, Chelsea, I want to start with you. I want you to tell me, I think the best way to do it, let's just do artists again. I think that's what we did last time. Who were yeah. your top five artists of this past year? Um, My number one was the same this year as it was last year. It's Wait, still oh, Dua Lipa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. What? No, it's surprising to me, too. I, yeah. mean, I really like Dua Lipa. I mean, just to like, have the same artist two years in a row is interesting, I think. Yeah. I mean, she's coming I to I don't Tulsa remember what. My, oh, I got tickets. I got floor tickets. I'll see you there. Damn. Ooh. I haven't gotten them yet. But I do some stuff for the BOK. So, you know, maybe they'll. And my girlfriend has extras if you need to buy them Buy them from us. Ooh. Floor tickets? Yeah. Okay. Um, Number two was Bruno Mars, which again, Ooh. like, I really like him, but that's like a weird number two. I wouldn't. Does that count? Does Silk Sonic you- count as Bruno Mars? Oh, I, I think it might for stat purposes. I think, I, think it Sonic says, album, I think on Spotify it says Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, Silk Sonic. Like they all get credits for it. Silk Sonic rips, yeah. dude. I just, he, he has <laughs> smoking so out the, many smoking out the window rips. Such a big catalog that really, I guess it isn't that surprising. Like if no, Bruno Mars is artists, wonderful. Like, I think that yeah. Silk Sonic was mm-hmm. disappointing. That album was disappointing overall. Bruno Mars is Powerline from a Goofy movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking I about. Same, Bobby- same thing. Uh, Bobby Brown is a uh, power line. Actually, me Ooh. and my sister have this debate every few years because she thinks it's Bobby Brown. I think it's more like Prince or Michael Jackson. But I think it's a Prince MJ hybrid. Personally, yeah. I don't. But whenever you watch him dance and like you see his backup dancers, you go, "Oh, that is Bobby Brown." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My number three was Kanye. Hell yeah. Number four. Ooh. Interesting. Lady Gaga. Wait, what Kanye are you listening to in 2021? Oh, I I love the old stuff. Okay. I. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. How the Pablo? I'm like not super into, but I just. How many like times did you listen to? So you just listened to Donda chant like 400 Donda, times, Donda, and that's what Donda, gave you Kanye, Donda, Donda, right? Donda. As your number four. I meditate to it. <laughs> I really, I really think. I mean, I think I just listened to Runaway like great very song, frequently, and that's how it one of the best song songs. One of the best songs Absolutely. ever. Yeah. Best songs ever written. Um, my list is rounded out by Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber. So I am like pure oh pop right now. Chelsea, very quickly. Have you seen House of Gucci? Oh, I thought it was so bad. Really? Yeah. Oh, I liked I, it. I was disappointed 
Me, so me and Alex woke up that morning. It was like Thanksgiving weekend and we watched King Richard and loved it. We're totally into it all like throughout the entire movie. Didn't pick up our phones once. We got to watch it from our couch. Um, Alex went and played golf. So I met up with some friends and went and saw House of Gucci. And I mean, I, I was bored to tears. Like I, wow. I don't understand how you make a such like, how do you make a murder anticlimactic? And it was anticlimactic. I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know. It was. Wow, did, wait, did you okay. watch? Did you watch the Beatles documentary? Because you were bored during House of Gucci. Just wait. <laughs> oh yeah, it's. I haven't watched it's, it yet. It's, oh, you're gonna yeah, get bored it's, immediately. It's, <laughs> oh boy. It's six. It's like it's eight hours of dudes being bros. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. It is the Beatles, though. I don't know. Well, that's what's just so surprising to me. It's like Lady. You have Lady Gaga. You have Adam Driver. How do you not let them be? complex and interesting i don't know you have jared leto i thought, that, I jared thought leto. that they did i thought first of all yeah jared leto stole that movie like he was incredible yeah every scene he was the he best was part of it yeah mm-hmm. for sure i don't know i was just like i don't understand how he has an affair and they don't make it more salacious like i don't understand how he gets shot and it's, it's like ridley scott somehow not yeah, yeah. i mean that's, I mean, that's what it came down to honestly he's the weezer of filmmakers Stop i think i think had I, kn- I i like went in knowing it was ridley scott but i didn't like fully absorb it but i mean when i left i was like that was a fucking ridley scott movie like i think had it been directed by anyone else i would have enjoyed it more man i really like liked it. i saw it on thanksgiving i saw it on thanksgiving night and i really enjoyed it but part of that might be because the previous movie that I had just seen right before, like a week or two before that, was awful, and I had high hopes for it. Did anyone see um, the French Dispatch? No, I hated it. God, I it was hated no good. It. It's oh, just no. it's all, it a little bit all too style, kitsch? all style, no substance. Too kitschy. So yeah. It looks pretty, and there's well, nothing going on. Then that night Took afterwards, um, we rented Spencer because everyone is raving about Kristen Stewart's performance, and yeah, I'm, is that I'm good? Bored. Bored to death in that one, also. Boy, Chelsea's... you are not going to like Get Back. Yeah, you are yeah. not going to like it. What if we just get it into might season be the four worst the... thing you've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you might die halfway through Get Back. There were times in Get Back where I even I was pushing the fifteen second skip forward button. So yeah, Chelsea, you're not gonna make it. <sighs> okay, there, there, there was a tweet. I think of Vinny over at I don't know who he writes for. He wherever, Jersey Shore. wherever Adam Chitwood used to be. Yeah, Vinny from Jersey Shore. Um, but the no, he he said something. One. He said something about Get Back that is so perfect. And he said, you know, it was like 90 minutes into Get Back. And the quote was, wow, it's so amazing to see these artists at the height of their fame really collaborating. And then it said seven hours into Get Back. Oh, good. John's doing a silly voice again. Like that, <laughs> that is so true. Man, I, I want Chelsea to watch it. No, I do. Uh, she, uh, man, I do want to talk about Get Back a lot more, but I'm not because that's not what people are here for. But man, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, you and I might need to do a, a bonus bonus show. Yeah. Um, bonus bonus sorry what was Ryan, your t- who, was, who was your top wait what well, you said yours you had gaga and who was five? Oh, justin bieber. bieber justin bieber that's an interesting one too i did like that album a lot though I mean, a lot I mean, not a lot is too strong i did like it and i had low hopes for it and it exceeded those i like we me uh some my friend zach mabry shout out um he came and stayed with me and my husband um for a week not too long ago and we were watching his documentary and he was just like that's it that's justin bieber like that's why he's justin bieber and it's true like you watch his live performances and even when you can tell justin himself is low energy he's still just like he's like dancing and it's better than anyone else has danced before like Mm -hmm. and he just sings and he looks bored and it's just like this beautiful voice my favorite justin bieber moment of 2021 was in the Billie eilish documentary which is better than get back i think it's what it's probably the best music documentary i've ever seen a little blurry Um, 
I think that's what it's called. It's on. It's what the Billie Eilish one that's on Apple TV Plus. It's like three cool. hours long, which pales in comparison to yeah. the eight hours Beatles thing. So, um, it's very very good, and Bieber is, um, a small part of that, and he just kind of. She, because she's like a massive fan. She is a huge believer, Billie Eilish. And um, mm-hmm. whenever he like sends her a DM just to say like, "Hey, you're doing great. Keep going." She like loses her fucking mind, and it cuts to all these videos of her like being obsessed with Bieber as a child, like a child, child. That's darling. But then, but then he's at, but then she's playing Coachella, and he shows up and like meets her, and like she goes and watches someone else play, like in the artist VIP area, and Bieber just kind of walks up to her, and that's the best scene of that movie. Is it's like. 15 to 20 seconds of him standing like five feet away just looking like hey it's me and her just like looking at him and like losing her fucking mind before she can even <laughs> approach him to say hello to him That's and precious. it's it's incredible and he's so supportive and nice to her and i've heard that about uh, him with a, a bunch of artists i remember we talked about i don't know if i talked about it with you guys or not but he there was a casey musgraves interview that came out this summer where she where it was like Bieber like FaceTimes her all the time just to like support her and tell her you're doing a great job. Like yeah. he, I think he knows, like, yeah. he knows what it's like to be in like the Britney Spears situation where you're like a child pop star that gets completely almost taken just, advantage of and get your, and just yeah, everything is out of your control. Every corner. And I think yeah. that he He's is like the, really yeah. good at, at supporting those young artists and making sure that that doesn't, or t- giving them advice on how to not let that happen to them. With that said, the he's also, Ryan Adams. with that said, he's also, I think kind of a douchebag, but whatever. Um, okay. My top five, I was looking at my top five from last year. My top five from 2020 were Gambino, Casey Musgraves, Dua Lipa, Bryce Fine, Blink-182. Two of those are still in my top five of this year. I didn't even think about comparing my top five to last year's top five. And now that I think about it, it seems like I've been going through some stuff. We'll get to it. Okay, I got it, I got it. Okay, um, I'll say my number five. <laughs> this is the one, this number five is out of place because it's like four pop stars and then my number five. And I feel like my number five was from me being an internet troll on Twitter <laughs> because my number five is Weezer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the Ridley Scott of musicians. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do love Weezer. They're fucking great. And I'm glad they made my top mm-hmm. five. My number four was Dua Lipa, who was my number two last year. Uh, my number three was Casey Musgraves, who I think was my number one last yes. year. Yes. I really like that new Casey Musgraves album. Number two didn't even exist a year ago, I don't think. Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, heck oh, yeah. Love that's a great number two she uh announced a tour today and i'm trying to figure out how i can get to texas to see her in may just drive man well i mean tickets are just going to be impossible to get she's playing like small clubs that's Um, that's a baller move yeah so i mean smaller on your artists if you click on your artist revealed you can kind of scroll through and see who you're like you know six seven eight nine ten would be and it looks like my ten is jay balvin jay balvin what really how on earth there's probably one song that you listen to over and over again that he was on. Yeah, I'm like, or just he's in a lot of collabs, I guess. Um, yeah. But that's odd. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> say it doesn't say like six, seven, eight, nine, but you just scroll through and you can tell because it's like right, it's like clustered Kanye, clustered Gaga, clustered Justin, and then next is Ariana, which makes sense. Then Cardi, <laughs> then Backstreet Boys, then Fleetwood, then Jay Balvin. What the fuck? I could oh, not even guys. tell you what he looks like. I thought him and Bad Bunny were the same person. Man, Bad Bunny at like when I've been DJing events, bad I don't know that much about Bad Bunny, but his music fucking goes off. People lose <laughs> their minds when you play Bad Bunny. Oh, so yeah, number man. my number two was Olivia Rodrigo, and my number one was not Casey Musgraves, was not Dua Lipa. Would you like does anyone like to take a guess? I feel like it was probably the most common number one of this whole year. Ew, I would have guessed it was Olivia. It's someone different. Mm-hmm. Adele? No, Adele um, came out too late, but I fucking love that. Taylor, Swift. Be, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Heck That's yeah, number dude. Number one. 
one. That 10 minute version of All Too Well. Oh. I just want, I want to tell you that I am so freaking excited for the chaotic energy that is my top five and then my artist revealed. Well, hang oh on. I want to, I just want to ask you quickly before I, I want you to have your moment, Dylan. So I want to get my okay. thing out of the way. Um, <laughs> I'm, that's so sweet of you. I hate to keep bringing this back to the Beatles, but I promise it ties in. So I was talking to one of my friends about that documentary, and we were just talking about how crazy it is that John and Paul were both in the band because they're both, I feel like, mm-hmm. considered geniuses of music, especially yeah. when you put them together. Their collaboration just transcends anyone else's. And we were, But then we were talking about like who – like it's crazy to have two geniuses in a band because yeah. overall there's like four to five geniuses like a decade maybe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I mean, I think Kanye definitely has was a genius at certain points in his career mm-hmm. as far as modern artists go. And I feel like Taylor mm-hmm. Swift has got to that point. I feel like this re-releasing yeah. her old shit, which sounded so cringe at first, all it has done is gotten her so much attention, so much money, yep. so many streams. Mm-hmm. She's fucking killing it and she's completely like restructuring the music industry by doing this yeah i was i didn't see it i didn't have the foresight to think that that could happen i thought this was just a dumb thing to try to do she's fucking absolutely killing it and she's doing it the right way because so just as an idea re-releasing your old stuff not even thinking about the whole reason behind why she's doing it i mean like I get why she's doing it, I support why she's doing it, but I mean, I kind of agree with you. It's it was a little bit of a cringe of an idea. It's like, why are you doing this? Why aren't you just releasing more music, new music to combat it that way? But the way she's doing it is so brilliant, especially with Red. So Red is Leslie's favorite um, Taylor Swift album. So because of My that, it's one of not only is she re-releasing her old stuff re-recorded, but like especially with Red, she's releasing a whole bunch of unreleased material, including that ten-minute version of all too well and like there's that one song on there i can't remember what it's called but it's one that she does with phoebe bridgers that is so good and she does one with chris stapleton and it's so good and so i like what she's doing because i feel like she's almost she's aware that what she's doing could seem with the wrong kind of lens is a disingenuous thing where it's like you've already released this you already made your money doing this why are you just doing it again and she's like well I have this reason that I'm doing it, but also here's a whole bunch more stuff that you yeah. can get. And that's that shows that she's doing it because she just loves what she does. And yeah. I mean, and I can completely... upfront about it makes me want to support her cause. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am deleting all of the old version from my my um Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. But no, T Swift, T Swift rules. I think she would have been in my top five had um had it come out a little bit uh, a little bit. How earlier, do you but... find your six through ten? So um, go into your playlists. Artist, yeah. I, I just clicked on your artist revealed. Where is so that? The, so, oh, so you're, if you bad. go Sorry, to... I got it. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Go, I got it. I, I want to know who your others were that didn't make your list. Um, I mean, this playlist is all... This playlist is all Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> it's five Olivia well, keep, Rodrigo songs? Oh, Kylie Minogue, down, Dua yeah. Lipa, Dua Lipa, uh, Weezer. Oh, God, a lot of Weezer. Blink-182. I think Blink's probably there. Uh, is it Miley not Cyrus? grouped by artist? Mine's like grouped by artist. Oh, no, it is. I just realized. That's why I said there were five Olivia songs. Uh, Miley Cyrus. Oh. I did like that new Miley song. Jesse Ware. Surfaces, who I really love. And the Killers are on here, too. That's interesting. Okay. That rips. So, I, so last year, if you remember, my top five, my number one was 1975. Mm-hmm. I, that was my I second year in a row of the 1975 as my number one. And they were also my artist of the decade. So mine was 1975, Phoebe Bridgers, Rustin Kelly, Hot Mulligan, and oh then some God. ambient 
some ambient Rustin person. Rustin Kelly. I, yeah, Kelly. Dylan. I hope that Rustin shit's out of here now. Oh, don't worry. It is. Okay. The direction that my music went in is something absolutely insane. So I'm going to give you my top five, starting with number five. Artists? Uh, yes. Number five, Bring Me the Horizon. <laughs> I, was gonna, the British... I was just about to say, I feel like you went in like a hardcore direction. Okay, I went in a very hardcore I feel like direction. Dylan doing, I, I feel like Dylan starting CrossFit in 2021 is going to be reflected in this play, in this top five. Artists. Okay, okay, it will be. Don't worry. So number five is Bring Me the Horizon. I was listening to a lot of the early stuff, like before they got melodic and uh, Ollie started singing. Um, number four, Returning Champs, the 1975. Um, that's a pretty big deal for me. I've tried to yeah. like them and I just can't do it. I just, I think it's, it was, it was, they dropped this year, I think, because they didn't have a new album come out. And so it was just me listening honestly to their old stuff and all the remixes they do with No Rome. And they had one with like, um, I can't remember it. I thought they had one with Dua Lipa, but I'm probably making that up. Um, didn't number three. Date, didn't they date Dua Lipa? One of them date Dua Lipa? Um, that was from Lanny. Um, or oh, Lanny. that's the guy from Lon um, Ellie and yeah. you're right. Sorry, go ahead. So, uh, number three was the band Idola. Um, they were, I got it. Yeah. I got into Idola through dance Gavin dance. Their lead singer is the, is the dance Gavin dance tour guitarist. Great band. Check them out. Um, number two was Bill Murray, uh, B I L M U R I, <laughs> not the comedian, but the band Bill Murray. So oh, if you haven't, if you haven't I've seen, listened to I've Bill seen Murray, that Bill Murray, like on Spotify, but I also just think it'd be really funny if it was the actual, Bill yeah, Murray. it's, it's, the, it's, it's the comedian Bill Murray, but like, Bill Murray absolutely rips. He is the old guitarist and clean vocalist from Attack Attack. And he has like one of their songs was my number three song of the year. And it's called Absolutely Crankin' My MF and Hog. Um, literally, it says MF and Hog. And it's the only hardcore song that has a like legitimate halftime hardcore breakdown, a sly, a pedal steel. And the Taco Bell sound all in the same solo. So check it out. Bill Murray. Awesome stuff. And then my number one, it was a year for Dance Gavin Dance, baby. I uh, I listened. There was like a three-week period. Didn't you not go to that show? I, well, I couldn't go to the show because so I, I had tickets to go to the show. I had VIP tickets to go and see Dance Gavin Dance. And Idola was opening for him. But I ended up not going because we were at like a critical point in the pregnancy okay, where okay. I didn't want Leslie to get sick. And I found out the criterion wasn't requiring masks or proof of vaccination or anything. That is true. So if I, if I figured if I, if I wanted this, I could pretty much get the same sort of feeling that I would in that sense of an environment by just listening to dance, Gavin dance and have strangers spit in my mouth. So I opted to do that instead. Um, but I want to bring some chaotic energy into this just so I can see Ryan's reaction. I want to tell you what my other artists that didn't mm. make my top five were my artists revealed. Okay, number six, Bo Burnham. Oh my God. Oh. Number uh, seven, John Mayer. That's not bad. Num- that new album. Num- okay, fun. number eight and nine, I feel like will redeem me. Number eight was Jaden, J X D N. I had Jaden. Um, I had Jaden Smith. You had Jaden Hostler. Interesting. And number, uh, and then I had Blink One Eighty Two, Nothing Nowhere, Paul McCartney. Fallout Boy and Phoebe Bridgers. So it was a sh- it was a smorgasbord of midlife crisis music, and I was yeah, really excited is, about it. Yours is very diverse. Like I I think that I wouldn't have been able to guess a lot of those, but like I think for Ryan's, if you were like, what's Ryan's top ten? I think I would have been able to write them all down. I'm getting like sh- hunger shaky. So uh, yeah. 
Oh, I, I think. I mean, I, we've been going for about an hour. I don't know. Anything else we want to talk about? It's the holidays. I uh, happy I hope holidays. everyone feels safe. Yeah, safe, happy. Um, make sure you get your COVID booster if you can. Um, it's not as bad as you think it is. Um, I practically, you know, I I hardly felt a thing. All right. Well, I feel like we just ended on a whimper there, Chelsea. Anything else you want to say? Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, you guys. Thanks for hanging with us. It's, um, you know, something me and uh, Dylan and Ryan look forward to every single week. So we're glad we get to spend um, an hour or so with you guys. Uh, thanks for inviting us in every week. We should say that. So Dylan's having a child at less than 48 hours from now. Um, mm-hmm. So we will be back for season four of The O.C. sometime in 2022. <laughs> I feel like that's a mm-hmm. safe bet. Yes. Yeah. I think I am- if I had to guess, I would guess probably late winter early spring like february march yeah so i'm shooting i am shooting for the end of february beginning of march cool you guys are getting a little glance behind the curtain this is what this is showbiz baby this is this is what it's like and i refuse to end this episode on a whimper and so i just want you all to know that i love you i'm thankful for you all for chelsea and ryan but also for our wonderful listeners especially those of you in thailand amazing country (laughs) I'm actually, in your honor, my wife ordered Bistro 38. I'm eating oh, pad thai tonight, and you all are oh on God. my heart and on my mind. Merry Christmas. I really Make like sure those to... little hot dogs you eat for breakfast, too. That's, that's my favorite part about Thailand, or one of yes. them. Yes. Didn't we talk about this before? Like, they have, like, you were like, they have breakfast hot dogs or something? <laughs> yeah. I think hey, we, we talked about this America on the too, podcast. If you're brave enough. Yeah. I feel like I made that joke. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is, well, everything's coming full circle. We've been here the before. Snake, Just like Brett Venables. The snake. The snake is eating its own tail, and we hope that you have a Merry Christmas tomorrow. Um, make sure to watch A Christmas Story when it's on constant repeat on TBS. Or do what I do Very every funny. year and watch and watch the Christmas episodes of The OC. Yeah. Do that. Oh, my God. Dylan, I just, right. I'm so excited for you to watch the Christmas episode of Season 4. It's I'm absolutely so excited. one of my favorite episodes. I can't wait for you to see it. Um, yeah, okay. Think, uh, we'll wrap this up. Chelsea, um, it's been wonderful. Dylan, eh, whatever. Um, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Merry Christmas, happy holidays. If you celebrate Hanukkah three or four weeks ago, mazel tov. Uh, We'll see you in a couple of months for season four of The O.C. Until then, stay safe. Have a good time. Go see Olivia Rodrigo. Bye-bye. Bye.